Welcome to the Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast of 1-900-HOT-DOG, America's last defense against a world without comedy websites. I'm a rubber cricket with luscious thighs, Robert Brockway, and with me is half cyborg, but not the way you think, Sean Baby. <laughs> I'm a spinning trash can with tummy jabs. <laughs> and our guest, heartbroken lizard ball, Zach Kuntz. <laughs> that, I, okay, I mean, there's not really a way to win this. The, the creature selection—they're all pretty they're horrific all nightmares. <laughs> yeah. They all live lives of constant pain and misery. Yes. Every single uh, creature in this movie yearns for death. Before we get to that, <laughs> let's plug something, Zach. Yeah, that's the same old shit. Just go to YouTube. Uh, Somebody's listening to this for the yeah. very first time, the and first they time? just heard mm-hmm. your voice, hey. and they're like. Fuck. Who's this guy? I want to know. I need about to know that, everything. That velvety temp, temptress. I need to know more about him. Uh, <clears throat> you can find more of this voice over at uh, YouTube slash Aralnauts, A U R A L N A U T S. We just overdub shit. We take things that already exist and we change everything about the sound and make it other things. Currently, we're. What I love about music is. You you have the same level of self promotion as me and Brockway, where it's like I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to do I'm an, this shit. I'm an, I guess I'm an industry leader, but like it's fucking whatever. It's not that big a deal. I might it's world class like comedy, but like you know, if you, you have the like time, it. you know, it's not for everyone. I find that if you know what is humbling about it when your fans try to describe it to non fans, and then you really understand where you you are in the world yeah <laughs> like oh they think our fans are insane okay got it. <laughs> ever since our days back at cracked this has been a non-stop struggle of just marketing people would come in wave after wave of disposable marketing people before they were all summarily fired and then different ones were hired because nobody could do their job they would always come in sit us down and ask the question what are you guys about so we would have to come up with taglines and things. Just, oh, boy. I don't know. We're fucking funny, I guess. Yeah. If you can't sell it, then why are you here? You tell us what we're all about. That's. And so uh, I would like to plug us being fucking funny, I guess. There you go. Uh, on, on, on Three cheers for that. Funny's a strong word. I don't, know. I don't know, guys. <laughs> we're on this. This is my plug. Listen to this episode right now. <laughs> on it. I'll do it in real time. That's how I'll do you a solid. And it shouldn't be a hard one because we are going to discuss 1989's Arena. 97 minute runtime from back in the day when movies knew how to have a runtime. Just that they knew to end, not to be a TV series. They did not know how to make monsters. uh, Yeah, they didn't know how to make monsters. They, They... God bless them. They tried their best. I would argue that with the money they probably had, these are the best monsters this money could buy. These are the best Halloween costumes I saw at a, I want to say, 1996 Comic-Con. Yeah. If I saw these at Comic-Con today, I'd ask who beat them up. I'd be like, are you okay, sir? Did someone beat you up? Throw a bunch of water on half your costume and tear the other half off. Uh, is there a reason you need to be wet why are you why are 100 percent of you wet everybody in your party wetness is uh is is the key to practical effects that we all learned that from the thing the wetter the better the wetter the better that's arena's tagline it was directed Uh by peter madugian uh director of arena and nothing else you've ever heard of uh arena fucking kicks ass if you haven't seen it it's uh it's blood sport, but in space, 
And, and worse in every way. And worse in every worse way. In every way. But it's blood sport in space. Yeah. So that's still a couple of pretty big pluses. It's just, it's full think, of practical effects. Um, okay. This director, nice I think this is the this is the <laughs> filmmaking equivalent. <laughs> this is a this is a filmmaking equivalent of a walk away knockout. Like he <laughs> he blasted it with a a, a clean like right hand, and then just he knew that he didn't have to yeah. follow up with anything. That's true. He's fucking call it a career. He just my, my, showed up and said Bloodsport in space, and everybody and, and this is nineteen eight. This is one year after Bloodsport, yeah. so mm-hmm. everybody was like, "Fuck yeah!" yeah. I'm like, ready for more yeah. of this. Like we're, we're, we're <laughs> this is your big chance. Dazzle us, and he gave us Arena. Um, what I what I love about the name, just before we jump into the movie, I had you know I had to look. I wanted to refresh myself again, so I looked it up on uh, Tubi. There was 20 movies with Arena in the title, I would say. Um, of course, there's the one that everyone thinks you're talking about, which is the Samuel L. Jackson one. Oh, right. It was like a Tekken style. Maybe it was it took place entirely in virtual reality. I, Did I can't remember. Did Samuel L. Jackson fight giant space crickets? Because I'll watch it. didn't. That. It's ter- no, it's it does not live up to the name Arena. It's mm. You know what does live up to the name Arena, though? Hmm. Pam Greer's The Arena. Oh, mm, now she here's here's the tagline 10 foot tall space cricket the tagline black slave white slave it's oh. two women from different parts of the world enslaved by romans to fight in their okay. coliseums wait this sounds fucking awesome we should watch this is what i'm saying here's the yeah. here's a here's a pull quote from the the narr- the vo from the trailer unchained wild women their beautiful bodies shaped into superb fighting equipment okay could you uh could the you whole put thing? both hands over your face and stand three feet away and then yell that <laughs> to get the full effect of the seventies uh <laughs> trailer video <laughs> guy? <laughs> Is that the whole thing? Just that these ladies are hot and built for fighting? Yep, I'm sure Pam Greer's boobs will make an appearance at some point, as they always do. There was a point just like just like Bloodsport in Space where God, log lines were so easy. You would just have three words and you'd be like, women fight. Blood sport in space. Blood sport Nobody's is one Nobody's done word, women course. fighting yet. Mm. Fuck. <laughs> Black slave, white slave. I Cut don't know what that print. means, but it's compelling. <laughs> They're friends. I think that the friendship is implied. Uh, what year was this? Had to be 70s. Like yeah. that was Pam Greer's stomping yeah, it ground. It sounds like a 70s movie. There was oh, a 70s movie called Mama, Black Mama. Oh, yeah. That uh, Very famous. Maybe. My favorite, my favorite poster for a, a VO guy to sell would probably be a. <clears throat> can't say it on the show. I'll just, I'll just. Call, it's called the Boss now. They, they've okay, re, sure. they've rebranded I'm, it. I know it's a Fred exactly. Williamson movie. Yeah, there was exactly another what word Fred in Williamson there. Movie huh? you're talking there about. was another word. Yeah, and it was a hard one. It's the hard <laughs> version of that word. <laughs> black white man's town, black man's law. I think the Pam Greer's arena might be like our arena that we're talking about today because someone saw white mama, black mama and said, what about that in a Roman gladiator? In ancient Rome. Yeah. (laughs) You used to be able to just say, what about this movie? Different place. Someone said, what, what if they weren't mamas? Another guy's like, I got you one better swords. I'm like, Oh shit. We got ourselves a movie. Can Pam Greer still have bladed weapons in her Afro? Yes, (laughs) absolutely. That's coffee. I think. I think she does it this one too. <laughs> oh, that's the best. 
That used to be that that used to be my favorite trope. Like I yes. I think there was a period of about eleven when I started getting exposed to this where I genuinely believed that you might be storing things in an afro. Like that was mm-hmm. that was perhaps what it was intended for. Because yeah, it seems a waste of all the volume, right? Like Pam Greer did not waste an inch yeah. of that hair. An arsenal. Nothing I'm beats not. that, that white girl trying to grab her hair and then just regretting her decision immediately. <laughs> just full of razor blades, like <laughs> like a 1980s Halloween basket. On the Harlem Globetrotters cartoon, like most of them had superpowers, but one of them just <laughs> had like a lot of stuff in his hair. That's, that's exactly the superpowers that you have like avoided just... in your hair. You Those are of... exactly the kind of superpowers a white writer would come up with for a black character. <laughs> you wrote down the words Afro of holding and nobody fired him for it. Bottomless fro. Yeah. Oh, God, how are we ever going to get back on track from that? Back to Arena. GM, let's just go right to the opening credits. Arena. We're not going through the whole movie because... No, because the the, the movie is uh, 800 movies Mm -hmm. in in one. And we've we've tried to do it once before, and it broke the computer. You just, you can't, you can't do it. It, uh, I still, I don't know. I think I love it, I guess. I have a complicated relationship because... Back when I was a kid, uh, before the internet, uh, we did exist. Holy shit. Uh, your friends would just have to trust you on some shit mm-hmm. at some point. And this was one of those moments where like, I saw this, I guess in a video store or something. I came to school and told everybody it's fucking blood sport in space. And it's full of cool monsters because again, I was 11. And if something's yeah. cool enough when you're 11, it's just, it doesn't matter if it's any good. It's good in your head. And so I told everybody about it. Nobody believed me forever. It's one of those movies I found. Like six years later, when everybody I told about it was long dead and <laughs> lived a tough life, I lived in a bad neighborhood. Uh, you were, I lived in a mining town. It was, uh... Uh, it was an arena town. It was, an, we had, <laughs> we had, but, it, and then I, you know, see it six, six years later with it just being this mythical thing in my head and being like, oh, okay. So this yeah, is yeah. what it is. But, we, but we the legend lives on. On the Lost podcast, how, Something about it is so lovable. Like it's a bad movie. Almost everything they do is a failure, but like the movie that it's trying to be takes over my whole brain. And so my imagination just builds the right movie. And I can't even tell I'm looking at something shitty because like I'm living in this perfect simulation that I've created for my own mind. I I think that's what I've done my whole life. And then just the other night when I watched it again, just to prepare myself for this might've been the first time I looked at it critically and I was like, Oh, this isn't very good. Is it? <laughs> this movie's terrible. Like yeah. there's no training montage. Like nothing. It doesn't have anything. <laughs> the fight montage is like 40 seconds long tops. Yeah. yeah. They like, hold the entire fighting movie is a montage. And is, yeah. That's it. They, there's not even a, a Kumite song to go with it. At least Kumite, yeah. like there was a montage in addition to full fights with a right. rad song. Like that's, we just got like Harry Carey sports announcer guy walking <laughs> us through the montage, telling us all the things that we wish we could see. Right. Um, looking back. Describing a, a better movie. Looking back on Bloodsport, you're like, God, it seems so obvious, doesn't it? Just make Bloodsport like this. The yeah, blueprints for this were right exactly here. Exactly Bloodsport. But then they actually had the blueprints for Bloodsport in 1989, fresh in they their did. heads. And we're like, yeah. we're not going to do that. Why would you decline to Bloodsport? I think Street Fighter the movie is the best example of how like something about Bloodsport 
like people just are afraid to remake it because like when they made Street Fighter the movie, which again is just Bloodsport the video it's game, Bloodsport the video game, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they had Jean Claude Van Damme there, almost certainly with hands, hands, and everything. Like he was kind of at the peak of his star power, by far the biggest star on the set. Anyway, he they were going to listen to his influence. So if he's saying, "Hey, just fucking make this more like Bloodsport," they'd probably listen to him. But they still didn't. They're just like fucking. If no, uh, if let's force a terrible structure for a movie, we'll never. If the reports are correct, he was too busy uh, spending his petty cash on hand jobs. So I, I buy that. That's a, a, a that's lot. A uh, there was a lot of story. work not getting done on the set of Street Fighter. It was a, it was an incredibly tragic disaster. You can do both. I don't think he could. I think uh, that was part of the problem. Yeah, some people can't. I guess. Yeah, I think he was doing one all the way. <laughs> it wasn't Street Fighter the movie. I think a cocaine addiction lends itself to like working harder, but a sex addiction that's very distracting. With cocaine, yeah. It's, yeah. It becomes a, a, a weird bag to fumble. But what does a blood sport addiction run to? <laughs> to making uh, I have all three. Arena. Yeah. So, and I've been very productive <laughs> my whole career. Well, this is exactly what we're talking about. Instead of talking about the movie Arena, we are talking about the 18 movies that Arena tries to be and is mm-hmm. not. So a great fighting movie, like we've said, it's simple. Really, it's just when you overcomplicate it that it gets ruined. Uh, you just have a format. Just people set them up, some do some character work, and then have some fights. Uh, Arena does at least at least three movies and maybe 10 to 15 plot lines. Uh, 97 minutes long with a modest budget. I'm not sure why they thought they could do all of this and more. Uh, so what we're going to do instead, each of you are going to pick between elements of arena and you're going to assemble a leaner space fighting movie than arena okay okay so and we're just talking about talking a lot of shit about people who can't do this so we need to right. do a very good job we got yes. we really need to step it up yeah so at the end we will hopefully wind up with at least two kick-ass space fighting movies and a bunch of space blood sport remainders to maybe make i don't know like a, a game or something i don't mm-hmm. know okay. you can always find a use i for, think uh we, yeah sports. but it's going to be a dating simulator game we're going to take one, there's going to be a, one idea that's going to be entirely removed from the fighting. There's enough arena in there to do that. You could cut mm-hmm. out an entire like rom-com. It's going it, to like be a, a lot rom-com. of wet monster parts. So dating yeah. simulator is exactly right. Yes. <laughs> I know what our pervert fans want. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen what makes them tick. Just, yeah. Just don't search for wet monster parts on, uh, Pornhub or anything like that. What monster You're parts? Right. You're ASMR. right. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Arena costume ASMR getting in and out of. <laughs> I'm so hard. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Perfect segue line. Uh, so you are going to do first step. Is it? Is it? These are both going to be fighting movies. Uh, one is going to focus on the tournament fights themselves. Mm-hmm. And the other is going to focus more on the culture around it, the effects that one big fight is going to have on the community. So in other words, okay. one's blood sport, one's Rocky. Right. And you're one's going to, one's going to be, you know, just straight through fighting. One's going to be more character focused, big fight at the end. Arena mm-hmm. tries to do both and instead does neither. Uh, <laughs> I want you to do one or the other. Zach, you're our guest. So you get to choose first tournament or big fight, blood sport or Rocky. Uh, I'm going to go Rocky. Hmm. No, you know what? Let's swap. Because last time we, we shoehorned Sean into, into his typecast. Uh, let, I'll go Bloodsport. I'll take the Bloodsport movie. 
Oh, to, to defy, to defy Sean. To defy Sean's typecast. Yeah. Oh, we okay. made him be uh, the, the kick machine, Frank Dukes, which was just totally to type, you know, and it was. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. I should yeah. branch out. Yeah. Okay. So, so I have to focus on the community. You, mm-hmm. you are going okay. through your movie is going to be more about like training for the big fight, the yes. stakes of the big fight, how that, that big fight is affecting you as a character. And then okay. there's going to be the big fight with Horn at the end. So to sum, okay. I'll sum up your, your main plot lines really briefly here. You're going to get Horn, who is the main bad guy from Arena, a uh, monster. Looks like a mm-hmm. monster from some sort of straight-to-video 1993 Doom live-action adaptation that they never made. Just not Roger even... Corman's Doom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. a really good way to describe him. It's like, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's the kind of monster you would see next to some titties, and the titties would like overshadow it you'd be like oh okay the titties i guess i'm not looking too closely <laughs> that's uh, the that's the trick to bad special effects yeah, just drop some titties next to it why roger corman's a genius he just put exactly. titties next to it and you're like i remember the special effects being really big and bouncy <laughs> uh horn is the champion he's half cyborg half man uh half bull 100 percent mike tyson he's <laughs> his cyborg He's half cyborg in the sense that they literally divided him in half vertically and the left half is cyborg and the right half is not Uh, like he'd been in some sort of terrible accident. And this is this is how they recovered him. He's he's dumb. He's adorably dumb, but in a very he's a big, happy dog. And he's here to love himself. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of his dialogue is I'm horn. I'm horn. Horn. Yeah. I'm the horn. You ain't horn. (laughs) Are you horn? I'm going to be really confused if you say yeah at this point. (laughs) But he loves. Not quite. Mike Tyson would have said, I'm non peril in my industry, you see. see, He he always was very (laughs) verbose in a practiced way. Yeah, but he's supposed to be the Mike Tyson of, I guess, still in 1989, of just peak. Peak fighter, yeah, nobody could ever sure. take him down. Right on the top of his game, why he would even bother fighting you is is absurd and insane. And Arena never fully explains that, but uh, he's but very childlike and, and pitiable in a way because <laughs> yes. he's he. I think that he believes that he's the best. But one thing I picked up on was that Rogor is cheating almost immediately with no cause to. Horn is in his introductory fight is absolutely demolishing this other guy. Sure. And they still juice him up with like the special sauce that, you know, like that, that makes him even stronger at the point where he's like starts fucking up the crowd. It's, it was completely <laughs> over, like over the top, unnecessary, but it's like, so apparently they cheat every match. Like he's, his entire career must be built on cheating, but I don't think Horn knows that. I think yeah, you Horn might really believes that he's like, it seemed like a different plot point. Yeah. That there was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a we, third movie that the, yes. the tragedy of horn that's are exactly we divvying right. up these like events because yes. i do want that for my movie when he goes into the crowd and like starts like crushing people and, and killing them i think that'd be good for my movie to establish that this guy's bad for the community you got like an ivan drago yeah i, yeah. I believe I, I don't remember how exactly they're sort of, i believe that's part of the needless uh space pcp plot line <laughs> right. which uh you will be purchasing <laughs> later in the game okay you will be That's unlocking this upgrade That's, yeah. in the game. You'll have to unlock the path to get there. Anyway, so you've got the big fight against Horn, unstoppable champion. Uh, in both cases, your main character is still Steve Armstrong, a human nobody, even for a human. Uh, he's from nowhere. He does nothing. <laughs> big block of wood. 
And the whole thing is building up to championship fight or tournament that will alter everybody's lives forever. So, Zach, you get you get Bloodsport. I get the tournament arc. Yes. I love it. You get all of the miscellaneous monsters along the way. Yes, all of the one other monsters that we see in detail <laughs> along so the way. So, does, does that mean I also get a... a What's his name? Hold on. I, got, I wrote it down. His training partner. Yes, you do. Because we're going to have to. I need stitches because oh. he's part of Because there's no training montage. That's the only one I get. And Bloodsport needs a training montage. Mm-hmm. So Yes, this needs a lot of things that Bloodsport has. And it does not have. <laughs> there's Even a guy has, I love. Like the fight montage in this movie is so short. But it shows this guy and it's just. He's just in sort of a gray suit. It's just yeah, like you get the gray, gray skin tight and with yeah. like a cod piece on. Like, yeah, he's like, a, he's like a putty <laughs> from Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a sleaze stack. Ah! Yeah, you get the weird helmet guy. You get the kind of dog guy. You get gray thing. Uh, those are all your opponents. Uh, you do also get Sloth, the Slotharian. Hell yeah. That's, Sloth is a good get. That's the best fight in the He's movie. the main character of the movie. He's on the box art more than anybody yeah, else. They knew. Yeah, they knew what they so, had. Yeah, so I'm happy with that. I don't need Horn. Yeah, it cost them 800 bucks to make that fucking cricket. <laughs> yeah. And it hurts. They, every every <laughs> dollar they spent. Yeah. yeah, every we dollar they We talked about him. I don't know if that episode is aired or if it's going to, but we talked about in depth about Steve Wang, the man inside that creature, who's, who I'm a fan of. He does good work. You know, this, mm-hmm. this was his earlier... This was his internship. Not bad for an internship, but uh, <laughs> you know the man was not living a good life inside that that outfit. I just I have remembered this big fucking wet space cricket. His scale was amazing. He was yeah. needlessly he was so big that it was a bad idea, and they didn't care. They were just like, no, he has to be big. They were like, well, we've got I want to say a ten by ten foot arena. Like it's already. He's going to be halfway. He's going to be hanging off the side of it. We don't give a shit the entire time. And yeah, just a big wet cricket. They constantly have to spray down all the time (laughs) because otherwise I guess the rubber will split. Wetness is part of his character. We'll make it work. (laughs) And uh, yeah, you're going to, you're going to have this big tournament fight plot. And this is your Chong Lee, I guess at the end of your, at the end of your tournament, your scourge is the big wet cricket. Cool. Even though that's literally the first person he fights in the yes. movie. We're going to flip it, right? Okay. It's a mistake. Because that makes sense. It's a mistake. Yeah. It's a mistake to, to put your very first fight out there. and uh, He's no Glass Joe. And like, blow your just... entire budget on it and then montage every other fight. <laughs> yeah. Just montage it and hope nobody looks too close at, the, at a gray thing. <laughs> I did. <I'm>... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I saw him. Zach is taking blood sport. Sean's taking... I just love that, like... They made like three aliens and then that's the extent of their creativity. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you sit down and you're like, oh, fucking arena, space blood sport. Oh, think of all the creatures we could have. Oh, shit, I'm out of ideas. Like, just instantly. <laughs> well, they just, did make a bunch of other creatures and then they put them in like bit parts. They were like, we'll have a weasel true. guy and then we'll have, this, we'll have the skull guy and we'll have the fish man. And then like, okay. They yeah, all they have fighting fall. styles. Yeah, like here. if you could have like brain or skull, whatever his name is, could like grab you and then sort of like net hack you like in like cyberpunk. <laughs> you got to stay out of his reach or else he'll hack your brain and make you like do the robot or something, you know? Or, and we've been like punch yourself in the face. Yeah, like, exactly. That's, that's yeah, that's exactly. It. We've been spoiled by like X-Men movies and stuff where we see, <laughs> you know, telekinetic blasts before, before like 1998 if somebody was psychic, you just it, your opponents just pretended really hard. That was the that was the best special effect. 
The best special effect in the entire movie was that guy dying. That was so unfortunate. A dude just, a hack went wrong and his head exploded. That was the coolest moment of the entire film. Skull is my hero. And I think he's just day. he's just yelling his name at like while he's like skull 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 ah that his head he blows his top. <laughs> he is the best. Let's let's hang some uh some subplots to flesh this thing let's out. Let's keep him around. Yeah, let's keep going. He's the, he's the OK USA guy of of the blood. <laughs> oh version. no, well, he's no OK USA. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> that guy lives in our hearts forever. All right, so Zach went first last time. Sean. Do you want the human underdog subplot or the brutal champion subplot? God, they're both so useful. Um, I feel like the brutal champion will help me uh, help me establish how bad this guy is for the community. And I think just make my guy look good by default, which I think is going to be useful because Steve Armstrong is kind of uh, nothing. Like he's just kind of a like a slab of beef with no he's personality. Aggressively nothing. Yeah. So I think if I build the world negatively around him, he'll just sort of seem heroic by default. So that's what I'm going to do. Exactly. And, and for anybody that hasn't seen the movie, uh, this is set up early where we have this super violent, merciless champ in the very first fight. He goes, he, like we said, he goes rogue and he runs up into the stands and he starts just just killing everybody. And everybody, for some reason, hates it, even though they're here to watch these brutal fights. <laughs> Uh, Claudia Christian is like, I hate this. I want to bring back the nobility of just <laughs> wet slapping space crickets, just slapping meat against one another. And the announcers are like, oh, I can't. Like, what a sad the pageantry day. of the wet meat? Mm-hmm. But then once they start killing the crowd, the crowd's like, oh, all right. Yeah. All right. We're into this. Kill us. We, we hate this. We hate life. The arena attitude era. <laughs> So that's your brutal <laughs> sub-champion. Now, Zach, that leaves you with the human underdog subplot. It Got is, it. I'm sorry to say, the inferior plot. Because it is, but it works better for the, the tournament arc. I yeah, think. you're supposed to root for Steve, who, as Sean has already said, is just... Is it's just really hard to do. It's, yeah. it's the default character creator with no options selected. Uh, he's just... He's there, and uh, that's enough. That was enough back then. He's... Wow. he's doesn't have to work hard for anything. He just knows everything that he needs from the beginning of the movie. Everything he he comes fully equipped with everything that he brings to the end. Um, he's mean, kind of a dick to everybody he meets. He can't keep his fucking dick in his pants. He gets in his own way the entire time. Is, doesn't learn a thing after <laughs> because right, of his through his actions and uh, and then he wins and. He does this all while wearing rubber bikini overalls and mm-hmm. with, football with shoulder pads foot, on his hands. Half a football. I think it's actually like a somebody cut a soccer, like a 1980s soccer cup in half and put him on his shoulders. <laughs> and on his hands. He, he yeah. has to, I love that. I love that they give him the little adorable, uh, the karate uh, sparring gear when like there's already so many systems in place to not make these necessary. I guess it's just to protect his hands from the jagged wet parts of all of his opponents. Right. Like, see, that's what's so crazy about this. It makes, it makes total sense to have, like, if we're doing a space fighting movie, we have humanity as the underdog, right? Because there are all these crazy fucking creatures out there with these Mm -hmm. big claws and cybernetic parts. And just, they're just crazy aliens. Like, of course, you have been our big pink trash bag bodies are just nothing. (laughs) But then Arena takes another step and has a handicap array and says like, okay, 
But now we're all on equal strength and we can handicap everybody. So every fight is even and humanity is still the underdog, which implies humans just can't fucking fight for shit. Yeah. Like we just, just don't know terrible at everything. It's like uh, it's like Kung Fu or something like it will never work unless it's just two Kung Fu people Kung Fuing each other. You know, humanity, as long as they just fight each other, look real badass. But the it's, second you put like a a, a, a wolf man or a, a bug creature in front of them, they're just they're every, nothing. Every other race has mastered the perfect fighting technique like Bruce, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, only it's big open hand slap. That's what every other – turns out that's the best fighting technique with, in the with universe. With 2,000 pounds of force behind it. Uh, uh, strength is not an issue. It's, right, This right, is pure right. technique. Open yeah, like hand slap. flailing. I just – I don't – I guess I just don't understand like the the reality of the of the handicap because sloth still weighs several tons. Like, yeah, you'd think he would collapse in on himself if you took away too much of his strength. Right? <laughs> not a, oh, not like this. <laughs> no, arena, arena, overthinks some things and underthinks the others. <laughs> they overthought the, the space jazz at every single bar. Anyway, Steve also does not know how to fight. Like in these in these in the choreographed matches, it's a lot of hammer like Captain Kirk style hammer punching oh, yeah. and needless somersaulting. It's he didn't bring the skill, so it's unclear why he can suddenly win, but that's you. You're the human underdog. Mm-hmm. I, I do love that they, they have him in the men's lingerie league football uniform, but he also has to wear his like Chuck Norris point karate pit mitts. Yeah, whereas Whereas fucking sloth just gets lobster claws and like wet rubber hands. Like, like let, let this guy be fully naked, but like we got to fucking make sure this human can't like do karate chops or eye gouge or whatever, whatever yeah. he was going to use his fingers for. It's like, take those away. Well, I was, I was about to go down that road, but then I just suddenly realized it's for, it's probably just for Steve's protection just to, for his precious hands. Cause yeah. what he's, he's hitting are like, I mean, look at half of horn's face. Yeah, it's good forget point. that. Forget the cyborg half. If you punch any part of a, if you catch a horn, like oh, that's why they call him that. Yeah. Oh shit, that makes sense. <laughs> it's covered in them. There's in the very first, name should be horns. The very first fight where Horn is fighting Spinner, which is my favorite, <laughs> which is my favorite character, which is the lizard ball with with a lot of heart. And trapped in a in a metal girdle, and he's he's also a cyborg in <laughs> an iron lung. At one point, yeah, he's not a good cyborg. He's barely existing. But at one point, he pops out these little like tiny pistons out of his body that like <laughs> gently knead Horn's abdomen, and like it, it's cute and it does nothing. But that shows that you can use like cybernetic enhancements. Like that's right, a, right. at no point is that part of his body. So. But nothing's fucking off limits here. Like, could you just shoot a net on the guy? Could you squirt yeah. him with acid? You're like, like that's what? part of my body. I don't. I, I can't help it. I can't help who I am. I squirt nets. Okay, <laughs> which who spinner is? It's spinner's thing. I come from a cyborg people who squirt nets. That's how we say hello. That's <laughs> how we say hello. It's, it's how Spinner says, "Please kill me." That's the only reason he's there. He's just not. He has he's a death wish. Trying to die. Stop keeping me alive with this Stop. iron lung. He's like, and a horn is just dragging it out. He's smashing his like eye, the glass protecting his face. He's just no, no, no just kill. Stop don't, don't doing hurt this. Me. You're hurting me. Uh, okay, my perfect Spinner impression. Oh, Spinner. It really is good. The sadness is authentic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that Spinner was our. So if you're going with the blood sport, you know, Chong Lee is a big bad guy. Chong Lee, like he's, he's antagonist. He's harassing Van Damme the whole movie. He's making threats. He's criticizing him. 
and then eventually he like kills a man and then like gravely injures his friend. Like Horn doesn't have any of these moments. Like right. there's no thing that makes Horn like makes us want to root against him, except he just mutilates Spinner so bad and he just hates Spinner so much that he just continues the rampage right like, and that's, outside of the into the stands. That's going to come in handy later because Spinner I, is our Ray Jackson, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah, as, yeah, as you're watching sense. it, you were you were sort of led to believe that with the viciousness of this fight, like, oh, okay, he's gonna like come back but no like much like every other plot line they introduce it are not sure where it goes and drop it they, drop and they do it. that instead of making a movie so we do that 15 times instead of making any one right. movie so w- that's what now, we're fixing ray jackson doesn't come back in blood sport but they have that beautiful moment at the end right where he's like any any time any place so, you need me <laughs> in my version i want to have him back as my ray jackson i want yes. so we could write new scenes right to sort of flesh out our uh, versions uh, you'll have to choose it when we oh. get there. Oh, okay. All right. So next round. I've already got my ending planned. Uh, I think <laughs> think it's back to Sean to choose. Do you want to be the savior of humanity or to defeat a capitalist dystopia? I feel like the capitalist dystopia fits my theme because okay. I'm trying to establish them as super bad guys so that the community benefits from my guy's uh, victory. I gotta say, your movie kind of kicks ass so far. Yeah, I would it's watch, coming together. I'd watch Space Rocky. It's got big Rocky Four energy to it. You know, you're taking down <laughs> yes. communism, capitalism. You, you're making a patriotic stance. It's and like, it's seventy percent montage. That's mm-hmm. that's already there. It's in the movie arena. Uh, we start off with this subplot, and you think it's going to be a big deal because uh, the whole thing is initiated when Steve loses his job as a terrible cook, uh, and instantly the robot deservedly, yeah, he instantly. He was, it was justified firing. Just, totally justifiedly. But he, he did a bad job and then he got to fight and beat the shit out of a customer. And he got <laughs> gently fired by PA announcement and uh, had no, just it didn't even go, oh man, he was just like, yeah, all right. Uh, but yeah. but everything is tied to your job. So he's already out of his apartment in the space slums, but it's also a space station. So there's nowhere to go. I guess you're supposed to just die. And then we do my favorite thing, which is every movie in the 90s, uh, thought a hobo underbelly was the best from like Demolition Man to Ninja Turtles. Yeah. If you want to know where the coolest place in Little town monsters. is, yeah. go underground, baby. The hobos, the hobos have an underground town. I believe that. I want to say until right now, I still believe it. They live the real good life that we all think we want, but we think we're in pursuit of, but it's not what we're really getting. Yeah. Down there. Live their truth. Where is life is better. Yeah. Under the streets. Rat burgers. <laughs> The rats. Carne just, de raton. They're making rats singing about the joys of the sewer. It's it's wonderful. Uh, yeah, so life's good down there. Simple, not much hope. And you're going to have to smash some sort of great system of oppression. Good choice. And uh, Zach, that leaves you with... Savior of humanity. I'm sorry. Savior of humanity. Hey, uh, I'm going to... I can make it work, all right? It's, it's, no apology Steve necessary. Armstrong, savior of humanity. Yeah. <laughs> He, um, I mean, if you if if we had to pick a savior of humanity, you could you could do a lot worse than you know, uh, Tom Brady looking ass. You know, I think they were going for hair. Flash Gordon. I think there was totally a Flash Gordon, yeah, like the guy that's not trying. really good at it. He's good at one thing, which is just kind of being a dick, and it just works out for him all the way through to the end. So in this in this world, classic tale of a white man. Yeah, as a default white man, I really yeah. relate to this. Yeah, he gets what he needs. He bumbles through it like he fails upwards. It all it all happens for him. I believe 
I think that was what that one guy was yelling at us for was when I said Flash Gordon had the superpower, the only superpower you need in the 1980s, which was being white and present. And I was yes. just, that was enough. And that's exactly. We got this hate mail that like Brockway Jason and I are all like, what the fuck do you think this guy is talking about? <laughs> He's like, oh <laughs> yeah. Great job fucking talking shit about white people or something. And we had, we don't know if he's talking about an article or a podcast. Uh, and we thought it might've been mountain monsters that he might've like taken ah, offense yeah. at us making, but, but again, that didn't r- ring true for me. You're like, there's uh, so much this could be about. I don't, yeah. you need to narrow it down. We sir. tried, we, we tried we getting said him. said mean things about white people. <laughs> uh, and again, will again, and uh, double yeah. down on it. <laughs> But for that to be your line, and for it to be your line, I think he said he supported us from the start. So, like, something that we did, I just, I don't. Yeah, it was, was it betrayal. insulting? Was it implying that Flash Gordon wasn't qualified? Because he fucking wasn't. He wasn't, yeah. That was he the point of proved the empirically that he wasn't. <laughs> he did He did football and not well. <laughs> he took a flying lesson. He took some flying lessons. Right. He, he didn't need any fucking lessons. I'll give him that. Hell yeah. All right, so you're going to be savior of humanity. <laughs> Humanity's the ultimate underdog here for reasons that are never explained, and you're going to inspire them with your successes, and I guess that's going to get them to rise out of the slums. I don't know. Classic yep. hero shit. I'm going to get a medal for it. It's going to be great. Ooh, now we get now we get into the hard choices. And Zach, you get to go first on these. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> do you want the love triangle subplot or the restaurant subplot? <laughs> I I wanna, there was I'm more gonna... chemistry in the restaurant subplot in the film <laughs> is there a love triangle though I don't, I don't really think that he and claudia really it never he did sexually harass her at one point but it, i don't think it really evolved much past that she was so jealous of jade that was yeah. her name, jade right? but i i as i was watching it again i i genuinely think it was as a coach like this bitch just fucking poisoned <laughs> yeah, my fighter. This uh-huh. is my meal ticket, and you're trying to ruin this for me, lady. I don't think she had any designs on Steve. There is you a get- line later where he asks, like, how he's oh, doing yeah. it as, as a fighter. He's getting too overeager. And she's he's like, at the restaurant, right? Yeah, yeah. very sultrily says, You're going to get your shot, but you're going to do it my way slowly. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> and okay. love triangle. This is a love triangle. Well, okay. he also says, like, how, do the you, text. how did you get become a coach yeah he's looking a, so okay, fine he's like he did that yeah he did that whole thing <laughs> what it's so yeah it's it's a weird girls don't have abilities yeah would someone look at as good as you doing it in, in a job like this and i don't know about the i don't know enough about fighting to know about the ethics to know if it's inappropriate when like your coach and corner man also is your lover but it weirds me out i don't like it so that's and i don't think so that's why i don't think it happened so i do i i opt to take the love triangle but i i'm gonna shift it between me jade and rogor between you <laughs> yes <You're- laughs> rogor is just leering and fucking he's just so angrily mm-hmm. that he's so mad that he's so yeah, turned I'm, on every time steve walks in the room i'm making a note that and he that, like he asks that. her to cuck her to, to cuck him he's he's involved sexually whether now, it's physical or not now hold on you did not purchase <laughs> you did not purchase the cuckolded mafia boss subplot but it's coming it's, up it's okay but Damn I am, it! That's part of the love triangle. I will, I'll die on this hill. I am, I am making a note that from okay. now on, it's not Steve, it's Zach Armstrong. Zach in your, Armstrong. In your movie. Yeah. In your movie. I like that better anyway. Yes, I would like anybody. I, anybody will do a better job. I will. And as Zach Armstrong, I fuck the wives of 
high powered men while they watch from a closet. <laughs> yeah, that's like real life. <laughs> <laughs> that, that again, that's kind. That's at least heavily a implied true story. by the movie arena. It's maybe not shown, but heavily implied. He didn't even like, he does the great thing where he most, this happens a lot in movies, right? And then the boss is like, you liked it, did you? Or you fucked him. I didn't tell you to fuck him. Rogor doesn't waste any time with that shit. He's just like, (laughs) did you, you poisoned him, right? Like he knows everything else that went down and he's cool with it. That was all part of the plan. So very secure in their relationship. But yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get to the interstellar mafia cuckolding. Okay. And and I'll, also I'll, the uh, the sexual poisoning will will come up too. Okay. But for right now, so you, I'll, I'll take the triangle. You yeah, have yeah. the yeah, you have the core love triangle, which is between your coach, Claudia <clears throat> Christian. So weird dynamic there, and mm-hmm. Jade, a utterly personalityless singer. You meet in a casino, and uh, singer is a strong word. Fantastic lyricist. <laughs> yes, and, I love the barbarian. But it's hot as shit to you. It's hot yeah. as shit, and that's your Again, triangle. she's a blonde white woman. It's one of the most high-value human beings in existence. She can say whatever she wants, and these people will eat it up. Exactly. And uh, it plays out like the standard one. The the more conventionally attractive, slutty <clears throat> woman abandons you in your time of need, and then uh, tries to come back when it seems like you're winning, and the, the scrappy underdog woman knocks her the fuck out, which uh, is how you know a woman's a keeper. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right. So... Now we get, so get to the it. restaurant. You get the restaurant subplot, but first, <laughs> Zach has unlocked bonus subplots. Yes, we've touched on one of them. Do you yes. want this? is This is a subplot modifier. Do you okay. want the crappy singer subplot? Do you want to talk about that, or do you want to talk about every single outfit Claudia Christian wears, which is the mm. all sequin everything subplot, mm-hmm. including her. Uh, what she was that, sleeping that, in. You must choose. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I'll choose. I'll choose that. Yeah. I don't want this. Oh, damn it! Do I want the singing though? <laughs> Shit! You were already singing it. You'd love that I was. song. I do. Damn! I, I feel like Sean could probably do more with the outfits. I'll go with the songs. I'll do the. That I'll take, I'll take nice. the 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 Arl Knotts guy choice. Sean does not get them. He has chosen the restaurant. Oh, okay, my movie okay. is fully nude. Very dramatic. <laughs> All time, no outfits. <laughs> All right, All right I'm going to switch it. I'll go outfits. Right, right, outfits down. Then I'm going to take that. All right, Claudia Claudia Christian in her slinky all sequin everything. He mm-hmm. walks in on his coach in the middle of the night, and she is wearing a a rhinestone nighty. With off the shoulder too right yeah yeah beautiful <laughs> like evening gown yeah night, night shimmering evening. and slinky she was waiting for someone to knock on that door yeah. you don't look like that unless you're expecting company uh-huh. and uh-huh. then you put on your equally slinky robe but with mm-hmm. huge shoulder pads three feet out to either side which is just even powerful. pointing those out at this point is redundant because that's just a, a a staple of the of the space station fashion world that's, uh, true. that's my coach that's the <laughs> ideal coach i want it's just always mm-hmm. in a shiny negligee and, and waiting to teach me fighting like i guess i guess that's my fetish are you here for karate <laughs> but that that means oh that means we can't talk about what a weirdly crappy singer jade is and how uh, how I the mean, no one will mention it no, no one will mention it. it you can't mention any of the lyrics which are i have uh, the record i, I wrote them all down i like that. actually transcribed these lyrics <laughs> well let, let's hear let's hear what we can't talk about okay because the song about it it makes a lot of sense i'm just gonna say the lyrics because i can't the song has no rhythm or form or melody anything. melody yeah i love the barbarian stars light briefly glow a man that she knew can't 
forget you. She felt he must go, many times. Nights of love make forces to rise, mistaking the disguise. She slipped a rhyme in there for the first time ever. She was cute. He had eyes. But you'll find, and then they just start talking over each other. <laughs> it's Claudia's yeah. like, all right, enough of this shit. Yeah. Available 2003 from Korea Mobile Games. <laughs> and fucking everybody is so captivated. Like the movie's like, this is what's beautiful in the future. There is not everyone a joke. is like coming in their pants while this song yeah. is. It's such happening. an insane decision. I, I mentioned yeah. this on the Forbidden podcast, but uh, it, it has to be a Barry Gordy's Last Dragon thing where there was like a corrupt promoter oh, shoehorning yeah, yeah. her into the movie and was like this is it baby this is how we'll make you a star and <laughs> just just watching I her mean, give up on sentences in a fight to the death against melody just can't, <laughs> can't so, even talk about it can't even mention so maybe we get this since this is like cut content time is the, does the stand-up comedian show up at, at all in any at, of your choices you will have to purchase that at a oh, later date. shit Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'll, I'm I'll making a to fucking it. fortune from you guys. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right, that means Sean gets the restaurant subplot. Ooh. Uh, hooray. I got a restaurant. I, it fits it, it it'll help identify my guy as like a man of the people because he's just a short order cook and and then the capitalists can come in and shut down the restaurant and yeah, it's easy. It fits it fits. It's fun. That's actually yes, perfect. You it's are true, pretending yeah. incredibly poorly to be a short order cook with the with the worst improvised mime I've ever seen of him just like daintily of jumping when he touches bread. I guess that's how he conveys. I'm a bad cook. I'm frightened of bread. And just if you watch, if you pay attention to that scene, it's insane what he's doing with his body and that entire thing. My, my favorite movie. He's like he's failing poor, like over and over again. But then he's like getting mad at uh, Shorty for like daring to make him do his job. And he points at him aggressively and he asks for like a couple of value meals. He just goes, no problem. And it's like, what is that, dude? That's, that was, I had a friend that acted like that. I'd be like, dude, is everything okay? Yes. Like, are you, you're in a bad place right now. I think the people around Steve Armstrong are not safe. No, no, he's, he's got all the entitlement of a beautiful white man uh, who is fully mm-hmm. appreciated by his society and friends. That's a dangerous anchor. All right. The restaurant subplot is you're a terrible short order cook with your friend Shorty, uh, who is a terrible server. However, what's this? He's shown later being a really good cook. And you're, again, a white man who is present. You'd be a great waiter. Uh, So you should have switched roles. And then uh, some customers get super mad at, uh, at Shorty for this admittedly terrible service and bad food. And so Shorty directly assaults some space queens, <laughs> directly assaults them. Mm-hmm. which we've all wanted to do, but we can't for some reason that society says is important. Shorty's all about that YOLO life. Mm-hmm. And then a fish guy comes in and it turns out he's the kid's father. And of course he's mad that you're beating up his children because they're, they didn't like their order of garbage food. And Steve runs over the counter and just whips the holy, he fucking drop kicks the <laughs> fish man. The shit out of him. This he breaks everything father. in that restaurant. Yeah. Yes. That man has shown several times Interaction, like he is not a good place. Jump kicks him through a plate glass window. Imagine that at a fucking Sparrows or something. The chef just comes <laughs> over the counter. You didn't like your goddamn crappy pizza, and jump kicks you through the fucking glass door. It's the wildest overreaction, and uh, then you lose your whole life and livelihood because of that. And I guess it's you're supposed to be in the right, but it's never really clear. So that's your restaurant subplot. Well, uh, 
I'm going to put a sign up in my restaurant where it, we reserve the right to drop kick you through the fucking window. <laughs> oh, so you're going to start legally. I'm in you're the clear. Wanna, you're going to want to be at one of those restaurants that the pay to get abused. Yes. Genre, throw yourself up yeah. in a carpet and we'll stand on you. It's <laughs> a good bonus episode callback. <laughs> Call forward. Larry the rug or Matt the rug. I can't remember what his fucking name is. <laughs> That's going Gross. to be. Let me see. Let me see how I can track this. That's going to be a call forward. To oh. the behind the scenes from an episode that hasn't run yet. That's that's what an that incredible joke call Dude, forward. This is uh, you're like the Kevin Feige of of this bullshit or whatever. <laughs> however you say his name, the foreshadowing <laughs> it took to, <laughs> to make this real pervert universe here. <laughs> so anyway, uh, subscribe the point is to Zach the knows a guy who rolls himself up in a carpet. They're best friends. He goes to bars, people stand on him, and that's how he gets sexual pleasure. And Again, subscribe Zach's to the behind friend. the scenes to hear us talk about that for 20 minutes. <laughs> I got my whole my whole B plot is just how am I gonna get him into the club this time? <laughs> I've just delivered some carpets here. <laughs> no, you, you have to be built into the club. And then, yeah. I'm a contractor that does only yeah. does carpet. I sneak my friend You're in. You're the house rug pervert. So, so that he's there on opening day. We're going to talk for 20 minutes again. About- <laughs> no, no. It's just so compelling. No, you're going to choose now. Uh, who chose last? Was that? Uh, I was exactly. I, I, yeah. All right. Sean, you're picking next. Okay. Do you want the forgotten former champion subplot or the scrappy indie coach versus the slick rich corporate team subplot? I mean, the second one goes with my uh, anti-capitalist theme. Scrappy so. indie coach. So yeah, All both right. of these these subplots are in arena. And this one, Claudia Christian, he's the coach, scrappy indie coach, who has seen Steve fight not well. Uh, she's seen him just sucker punch the holy shit out of a single father, and for Wait, not I, very. She good heard reason. that all secondhand because one of her yeah. guys came in. He's like, hey, that, well, some guy beat the shit out of me, and she's like, ooh, yeah, tell yeah, me more about that. Well, ooh. they didn't even they didn't even have that reaction. Then she just sent her goons to just revenge beat his ass, right? And then they were like, hey, this kid's got the stuff. So she is small-time scrappy into coach with her roster full of broken aging fighters and, as we've established, uh, hired criminals who just attack attack people who've wronged them. And uh, just a lot of puppets. A lot of puppets. They find the dumpster behind a Doctor Who studio. Just like an armadillo. They got, the, they got Spinner, the broken lizard man who just wants to live. And uh, the slick rich Please team. Stop keeping me alive. Yeah, then they got Stitches, the, the, train, the walking punching bag you know what i've just realized all of the scrappy indie team's puppets are depressed they yeah. really are sad they are they just sad. wants to eat he's there like he's clearly like they established that he's fighting he's letting steve beat the shit out of him in exchange for a meal he's like yep. oh yeah maybe i'm hungry now the kid's pretty good he's pretty good man. not that i would know i just I, <laughs> I, i'm just some guy who can take a punch okay i'll take my space oatmeal now no systems in place to judge that kind of thing. And there's no systems in place to see if like he's invincible to punches or if he just doesn't die from them because he sure doesn't right. seem to like them. Yeah, it's Steve not- could be exploding every one of his organs <laughs> with each <laughs> with each blow. He just regenerates. He hates it so much. It's definitely a crime that they're doing this at all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's, he's there against his will. They don't process pain like you, <laughs> but I promise I'm in what your people would call pain. <laughs> <laughs> I've experienced what you people call many deaths. <laughs> <laughs> and he does it for a hamburger. Yep. And he does have that weird, like, 
ghost the real ghostbusters era of like smooth jazz guy voice yeah <laughs> they make the weird decision to have yeah. these guys talk a lot like stitches uh, spinner talks stitches talks and it's always never the right decision it's like there's no 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 it's none of these guys should ever say anything it's, yeah they're like it just adds to the horror do kind of a scatman crothers thing like all right shouldn't i just be like bleep blurping though like wouldn't it be cooler if i was just like <laughs> and you're like you know put some subtitles like dude we cannot afford subtitles Fucking <laughs> no. scatman crothers this shit we would have to sculpt each and every one out of cardboard and then hold them up like, I, I, how do you even do that it's impossible <laughs> All right. And they, well, they both want Steve because he beat up a single father just trying his best. Uh, right. So that's your, your subplot. All right, so what, what does that leave me? That what leaves the you one? with the forgotten former champion subplot. Now right. down here in the slums, a former disgraced champion of the people lives because humanity once ruled these fights and he was the last one to do it. Won a crazy amount of fights and it's not clear how he lost it. Now he's skeptical at first, but Zach Armstrong slowly earns his respect until finally he hands his medal over to the, you, the new champion. Now, right. in your movie, in a normal movie, this would be like a central plot of the movie that would unfold. It would develop over several acts. Yes. Sure. That's not right, how right. it happens in Arena. Uh, he just it, walks out of the shadows one day and it's like, I'm a former <laughs> champion. I have this medal. I think you get it now. And Steve, to its credit, Arena knows that they didn't earn this because Steve yeah, goes. Steve goes, one, but it's just one fight. Like, he's just <laughs> yeah. insane. Yeah. He literally says the words, I have done nothing to deserve this. Yeah. It, it, it was one sobering moment. <laughs> he speaks the truth. <laughs> but, and, and, then, and then the former champion is like, hey, buddy, just take the fucking medal. You're, yeah, you're just a look. Really I have not your life. I had this whole thing I was picturing in my head, Armstrong. He, he was like Nino Browning, the people, right? He was showing up on the streets and giving out Thanksgiving turkeys. Yeah, this was just I guess. a producer had a note somewhere that he really wanted to see this this plot line. They were like, yeah, sure, yeah. we can do that. Uh, I'm just going to put, what, two lines? Two lines should be enough was, to... Yeah, I guess that whole thing was set up so that he could run into this former champion. Because they... Shorty is like, hey, come on, we got to leave this awesome like jazz club where you're definitely going to get laid and go hand out toys or whatever on the streets. At, 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 out of your pocket and that's it we never see that again he has this charitable moment and nothing comes from it where does that go it goes is that part of my movie that's my that's part of my movie right it's part of your movie uh okay. you can make better use of it i'm than... handing out toys yeah i i guess we'll we'll get there now hold on yeah okay there's there is somehow more and i'm sorry about it <laughs> there's somehow more plots to the movie arena that you have to choose from <clears throat> Okay. Now we have the ticket home subplot or the destroyed former fighter subplot. Ooh. And that's to uh, Zach's turn to pick, right? My turn, right? I think, uh, Ooh. Again, both were in the movie arena, both completely forgotten almost immediately. So I've already got the destroyed former fighter. I, I can't, uh, that's the, you the, have a disgraced dude, former right? champion. Right. You apparently, the movie Arena needs both. Do you need both? I think I'm going to, I don't need both. I think I'm going to go with the ticket home. The I'll give Sean a, one of a, a, a former, former fighter. This is one of okay. our eight motivations uh, that Steve <laughs> has and are quickly forgotten and is never resolved. He originally just <laughs> wants a ticket home, but he can't. Yeah. He tries to pawn that later in the movie. Like, oh, my friend knows your money. Here's a, 
one way ticket in my name to Earth. <laughs> like, no, that's Rogel not money. That's like, this is the not opposite of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course. That's that's the instant it's forgotten. He hands it to Rogor, and this was the entire driving force of the movie was I need to get a ticket home for the first, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. And then he hands it to Rogor and says, here, I'll pawn that for my friend. And Rogor is like, this is fucking worthless to me. I <laughs> don't want it. this. But he keeps it, and everybody <laughs> else forgets about it, and it's never mentioned again. And he still hmm. brings him all of his money back. Just yeah. minus the ticket, but he never gets the ticket back. He's just like, He's guess like, I'm a okay. fighter now. Rogor, I have an idea. Let my friend go, and here's seven drink tickets to Rogor's nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> these are these are really hard to get. I have rigged those skee ball machines. That's a fuck. That's a fucking deal. How did you get these? <laughs> all right, that that's the entire. We have already covered the ticket home subplot. That's all of it, and then it's forgotten forever. Okay. So all right, that that's leaves, it, for, it makes my job easier. Yeah. So that leaves Sean with the destroyed former fighter subplot. That's Spinner, the scrappy lizard ball. Uh, who was? No, wait, that was my Ray Jackson. All right, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my Ray Jackson. With all of his yeah. charm and his tiny little pistons that come out and boop the doom monster in the tummy, he's he's my favorite. Spinner's he's so good. I'm so glad to get him. They do a weird fuck. thing. Well, he's brutally destroyed by Horn in the first fight, and this should be like it's kind of painted like it might be somebody's motivation this is before you meet your main character and you're like oh no i know this movie we're seeing this guy get fucking destroyed so that it can be motivation for another fighter to like strike back or to prove that you know dirty tactics won't cut or whatever no uh he's destroyed for literally no reason we spend a long time (laughs) watching it we even go back uh back into the medics area where he he begs them to fix him and he says he goes, don't I don't want to apologize for Arena, but I think he was there just to establish that these guys don't have a fighter anymore, that they needed Steve that was Jackson. <laughs> that but was yeah, the thing. Don't and, try to get too emotionally attached to any of this. It's just they, they spent 10 minutes of this movie just to give the secondary character's motivation to have a fighter on their team. And then they forgot about that and did it again yes. by giving, by making the fish guy that gets this shit kicked out of him for defending his kids. He turned out to be their central fighter. They were banking right. everything on. So they did it twice. <laughs> yeah. And they then forgot about both. Anyway, in your movie, writing. this can be your Ray Jackson. This can be your avenge, your champion. And it will, it will hopefully make a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. Well, since he's no longer my Ray Jackson, I was going to have him, you know, tearfully reunite with him in the hospital. And then instead of saying any time, any place I'll be there, he just goes, fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> tearfully begs for him to end his life. Great I long ago, over his face. I should he's not like, have no, been. idiot, I breathe from my trash can. <laughs> <laughs> they never fixed me. I don't know how to kill you, Spinner. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, my brother. I can't die. I've been trying for a long time. That's my, that's my curse. Just pouring drinks on him, hitting him with hammers. I don't know how to kill you. Some of it you seem to like. <laughs> what are these things that come out of your belly? Is that like a genital thing? I don't I can't. I don't know. I can't help it. I don't know what they do either. All right. Now... Do you want, your choice now is between the space PCP subplot or the poisoning subplot. Mm. That's back to... Sean's got this one. Uh, I think I'm going to do the space PCP because that seems like something that the evil capitalists would have like introduced to the community 
to like That's a turn suffering into profit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Perfect. Now in arena, uh, this is introduced right off the bat and you're led to think this is very important and that he's already just beating the shit. Horn is beating the shit out of Spinner in the very first fight. And they still inject him with space PCP in like the second <laughs> round so that he really beats the shit out of him. They're like, fucking end this man's career. It's very, it's carefully not steroids. Like this is not how steroids work. And that is not the implication they're going for. He gets furious and super powered. It's, it's angel dust. It's just yeah. space PCP. <laughs> now that leaves you, Zach, with the poisoning subplot. Now that's great. Works, you also... I'm already, yeah, I'm already a cuckin, so... <laughs> Might as well be I see, fighting off the poison. I see yeah. which DLC you're going for. Yeah. <laughs> you're building out. You're building out the romance. You're putting I'm the dating. The after dark. Yeah. The I'm dating the sims into DLC. this. So the poisoning subplot, a beautiful woman comes on to Steve and poisons him before the big fight. And it just, he kind of deserves it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You kind of deserve it. Absolutely. Because Everything I've done up to this point has has earned me this fate. Now, did you write down the line that you used to uh, try to get her into bed? Oh, he's like, I don't know. Maybe you could like jerk me off. <laughs> Not it was about, as direct. It was about as subtle as that. Oh. I don't, yeah. He says. Uh, maybe we can go back to your quarters and we can relax. You know, if I'm not relaxed, I can't throw my best punches. <laughs> That's she's like, I'm supposed to help you relax. And he's like, yeah, you're going to yank my crank, right? That's what we're, we're talking about the same thing. Again, almost exact quotes. She, she skeptically asks him, and I'm supposed to help you relax. Mm-hmm. And you can tell like she was having a moral like debate here. Am I going to poison this guy? And then she's like, I'm going to poison this guy. Uh, fuck, yeah. I can't wait to poison but this guy. Poison, and she poisons <laughs> the shit, the shit out of him. It's, it's he's not, sitting yeah. there struggling with like, kind of being told no for the first time ever. And he doesn't understand it. And the confusion is clearly starting to make him angry. So she's just like, okay, sure. Come over. Let's do this. Yeah. It's a good lesson for the listeners. If your game is that bad and a woman agrees to come home with you, she's going to kill you. So you're dead. And in, in any other movie, it's part of her plan. Auditioned. this would be like performance affecting like, oh, I can't fight. No, he's going to die. Like she poisoned him to kills death. Him. The, the, the expectation is death. Yeah. They're like amazed. They bring him to the fight doctor and the doctor's like, he would have died in a couple more hours, but Hell yeah, put him out there in the fight. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, put him, put some, inject some of this crystal space Deus Ex in him. And uh, well, he d- the doctor does like resist a little bit. He's like, but is he okay to fight? Damn it. Well, he's like, well, yeah, I'm not going to sign off on it, but yeah, put him out there. He it's basically like, yeah, says, really well, care. he's not going to do it well, but hell yeah, let's see. Yeah. I don't know. This, this could be really funny. I'm just as curious as you are. Let's do it. He represents the last of a dying race. Should we throw him in a ring filled with poison? Like, I don't care. Human life is worth nothing. I'm, my, my, Even I'm here where it should be. <laughs> my favorite is how she poisons him. She's she does, She knows at this point that Steve is such a self-centered dipshit that she doesn't even have to fake like there's something wrong with the glasses. She goes to toast. He goes, I don't drink. And she's like, you will today. And he's like, all right. And then she just looks into her glass, stirs it, sniffs it, and then just sets it down <laughs> while he just drains his. She had to do nothing to trick him. Just turns to him and says, oh, you just got poisoned. I just poisoned you. Yeah. yeah. I don't like, I get it. Love is yeah. like a poison. I understand. Yeah, I, it, sure. Yeah. It's like a my, space sex thing. Sure. My let's, dick is let's poison to you because you can't. You're powerless against it. Is that what you're trying to say? I understand all of this and more, many more things. I'm I'm Steve, I'm Zach. I'm Zach Armstrong. Oh, Zach Armstrong. 
Never Chosen trust a big one. button to smile. I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it comes out in two years. It's going to be my favorite. All right. 89, right? I don't remember when that I shit hit. can't believe right. we're still picking through plots. All of these were in the movie arena, every single one. Uh, it's just every story element that's ever been told at this point. But do you want the mafia cuckold subplot? Or, <laughs> it's my turn, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, or, lucky it's your turn because I know you want that one. Yeah, or we'll the robbing the, the space mafia's casino subplot. Oh, space cuck all day. Space cuck all I've already, day. I've already that's built Zach up Armstrong's. to this. Yeah, this Zach Armstrong was already established. It was leading up. To the, everything was leading up to space cuck. <laughs> so in the movie arena, uh, Rogor, the big bad mafia Don and, and Steve's worst enemy, sends his girlfriend Jade, the singer, to fuck with Steve in every sense of the word. And she comes back after seducing him and poisoning him in her mind to death. Like you cannot win cuckoldry any harder than that. Like right. you made him, he made you kill that guy. Like th- that's the ultimate, that's gotta be the ultimate turn on. I'm kind of coming around to cuckoldry after that. Like if it's, <laughs> if it's prove your love by poisoning, like, yeah, yeah, that's the ultimate defeat. But then she falls back in love with him when she realizes he's going to die just getting fucking beaten to death instead. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess poisoning I, was fine. I do love there's a moment after she straight up tries to murder him where she finds out that they're messing with the handicapper and she's like, wait, what the fuck? You're like trying to fix fights? <laughs> <laughs> oh, truly, they deserve each other. Neither one of them understands anything until it's far too late. So, Well, what's great about that part is that Brain and Weasel come into the room and he goes, now's the time. Go fuck with the handicap. We need you to turn... Th- to manipulate the handicap in a way that is in my favor. And then they leave and she goes, wait a minute. Are you going to do something with the handicap? He goes, never mind that. Mind your own business. Like if she thinks about that for two more hours, she's going to get it. He trusts her with murder, but he's not going to let her in on the handicap plan. Come on. That's top secret. And she's already, he already knows that she's been fully turned by the power of Steve. Yeah, that's true. He realizes it. He's into it until he's like, wait, now that he's not going to die from poisoning, you're like, that's the virility I look for in a man. It's just, yeah. he realizes at that point, like every, if you have a cuckoldry fetish, you challenge every other dick to like a fight to, yeah. to Dick Kumite. And, he, and he's, he's losing it. He's confused by how hard he's getting at this moment. Now that leaves Sean with the robbing the space mafia casino <laughs> subplot. All right. Well, uh, I guess it does make sense that, uh, I've established this is a terrible capitalist like conglomerate. And so the audience will want to see them lose money because that's the only way they know loss. Yeah, you can, so, you can see it's even your movie made up of slightly less than half of Arena is still spiraling out of control with too yeah, many elements. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm holding on. But you're trying. I you're think, doing some spin. I mean, that's skilled so screenwriter. I could incorporate. So like the fight will be the distraction. And then during the fight, I have a like a group of ragtag heisters that are going to steal. Uh, oh, it's all, I, it's all a distraction. I see. I see. So you, I guess you've that, got a fake fight going down. the glory of it. Fight. God damn it. That makes a mess out of my movie, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yes, it uh, does. <laughs> you thought you had it in the bag. <laughs> then, you, then you had to go get Ocean's Eleven on us. If, if my guy had like a twin brother that, <laughs> that was a heister and I'm like Two the fighter. Steves? Two Steves. <laughs> Eve, Outrageous. Eve Starmstrong. <laughs> maybe uh i'll think about it i think this is just he gonna be a accent. bad part of my otherwise perfect movie 
Yeah, so in the movie Arena, uh, the shorty takes Steve to an alien casino and instantly loses all of their money to space poker, but just like a total <laughs> yeah. asshole. Instantly, and I mean instantly. He puts it all in one hand. It's like, oh no, jeez, <laughs> who could have foreseen? They get raided by the space cops, which I just, this serves no purpose, but I want to point out that they, the leader of the space cops, the skull-faced robot space cops. Those guys are fucking awesome. They rule. They're like something out of a Conan movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And the leader of them is a wizard. It's just like a space cop wizard. Yeah. Yeah. An amulet and everything. Uh, he's got a space Yeah, rules. he's got a robe. Yeah, he's... He, he's and he is also later the championship match commissioner. He's the one that comes out and is like, sorry, the fight's been delayed. I've got a rule on this. Like, I don't know if they just didn't have two outfits or if this is part of their intricate world building that that the narc space wizard is also the fight commissioner. It's confusing. It's overthought and underthought at the same time. It's it's arena. It's perfect. Uh, But yeah, you rob the casino on the way out trying to flee this raid by the space cops and their narc wizard. And uh and yeah, that's that's your. I 100% forgot that actually happened in arena. <laughs> they so. forgot. That's how they got in trouble with Rogor. They took his money. That was his casino. Yeah, which yeah. is weird too because he and the commissioner seem to have a pretty close relationship. They're talking to each other on the phone all the time. But There's are they also- adversarial? Are they not? Yeah, Does it matter? I think so. Oh, yep. It turns out doesn't matter is always the right answer. For <laughs> Arena. That weird that weird phone call when the commissioner's like, "You have to set this fight up between Steve and Horn, right?" And Rogor's like forced happy about it, but he's like too forced about it. He's like laughing like uproariously he's like yes of course like this is the move now (laughs) since you have chosen to rob the space mafia casino would you like to purchase a subplot modifier of a racist (laughs) alien stand-up comic oh shit i i I mean, I don't have the budget for it, but I cannot say no to that. So the Freakian says to the algae harvester, if that's your daughter, where's her Corollian escalator? Oh! Jesus. That, that is was, like a hard R N-word in space. Yeah, that was... Oh my God, you cannot say that. God damn. I love this, this guy. Is he like, me. What a perfect catchphrase. Inspired. I hate your guts. I love that they put that in there. It was it just added so much to the world building. Why like four like nonsense punchlines? Like uh, put in maybe one just to let us know like you're audience you're not going to get this. this these are space jokes space racist jokes but they're like no what what if we, what if we did four space racist jokes and they just my mom's like Kirk like, uh, yeah they just they just do standard uh zingers with <laughs> nonsense yeah. words a crumbopulin cramulator hey my best friend's a thracian i can say that i got a t-word pass i think the uh the writers were like, they'll they'll get it. They're gonna get it. Yeah, they know yeah. we're, we're talking about Jews. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking Thracian conspiracies. <laughs> and this is a th- yeah. This anyway, is a wise choice. choice sure. A wise choice to purchase that. And now for your final mm-hmm. choice. Do you want to go with the movies you have assembled or throw the entire thing out? <laughs> And do Skull's psychosexual machine hacking alternate plot line. 
I think it's, uh, I think it's yours, Sean. Oh, okay, absolutely. Skull. I want to do the the Netrunner <laughs> erotic skull story because Skull has his own movie. Uh, skull is just a bit character in Arena, but like we find him at rock bottom, robbing Shorty's place just to just to scrape by, and he has a crazy plan that only he believes in to hack the handicap ray that manages the big fights. And they're like, ah, get the fuck out of here. Nobody believes it to him. <laughs> yeah, Rogor was like, what the? F- you can't hack the handicap. Are you Nobody has ever hacked the handicap. Only Weasel, the other just dirtbag, who I guess species, their whole species is weasels. So they're all dirtbags. Yeah, his name's Weasel. His species is Weasel. His face yeah. is Weasel. It's the best short hand for Great dirtbag. job is Weasel. His personality weasel. is Weasel. It's the only Planet one that believes weasel. in Skull. And together, the two of them pitch it to Rogor, and Rogor goes, nobody can hack the infernal machine. Get out. <laughs> and now they, they've got, infernal. it's their own movie. They're like if they were British instead of from space, this is a Guy Ritchie movie. This is just, yeah. you have to pull off this con. And as a complication, Skull finds out he kind of comes from these machines, so he kind of loves them in like a physical mm-hmm. way. And he, he wires his brain in a way you know, that makes hacking very sexual. They say you never work a day if you if you love your job. And he loves his job. He fucking loves it. Ne- you'll never first. work a day if you come in your job. That's what mm-hmm. they say in space. So it's kind of like Cronenbergian you sexual know, fetish job. Mm-hmm. That's why I love to make pumpkin pies. He is a very Cronenbergian. He presentation is. like everything yeah. about him just reeks of the of the of the bird big like throbbing head it's very yeah like, sexual but also body horror stuff he's kind of out of like i think he was supposed yeah, to have his somebody's own fetish yeah <laughs> he's peter Mnuchin's fetish so the ships are down and the crime boss finally okays the plan and he does it like this he says weasel do it and do it all the way all the that's, way. Skull's like, that's oh, all you had to hell say. Hell yeah. It is more chemistry. fuck that machine to completion. <laughs> Between him and Weasel than Jade and anybody in this movie. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do it even more than all the way. Put your thumb in my butt. <laughs> uh, the machine. The machine's butt. Wait, uh, in, the, in the machine. Of course. Of course. Yeah, what are we talking about here, boss? I'm completely <laughs> lost in this metaphor. <laughs> uh, it's tough, but with Weasel's help, they do the imp- the impossible. Nobody believed in him. Skull hacks the machine and turns the whole fight around. And then one of the fight managers, Shorty, finds out during the hack, kicks Weasel's ass, blows up the machine, but Skull did it. He fucking did it. Nobody believed in him. He did the impossible. He overcame he all the odds. He dies with his head exploding, coming <laughs> as hard as anybody ever has. It's a perfect sci-fi tragedy. Glorious. That's how his people come. They're just their heads explode. Yeah, that's they edge their whole lives oh. for, for the perfect hack. And uh, this is yeah, this is the sequel to <laughs> Cyberpunk Edge Runners. This is what that was about. That's it's what. Just, that's what. Yeah, that's the edge they're running. Yeah. <laughs> that's the edge they're running. That's what. That's what. They, uh, I'm really glad we did that movie instead. Yeah. Now it's a superior product all the way from bottom to top. To recap, uh, Zach has chosen Zach Armstrong is the main character mm-hmm. of this movie. He's chosen blood a blood sport framework, so just lots of blood focus. space space sport. Go on. What's First the tagline? One was closer. What's that? Blood what's space the tagline. Uh, in space, no one can hear you cream i don't know what's the, what's the actual that's a good one for mine that's a good yeah, one for my skull true story. you're you're that's, i was thinking of yours i i, I gave up on my movie right. so blood sport framework uh you've chosen to be the human underdog so you're the only human against all these monstrous aliens and that's all you mm-hmm. need uh, you're going to be all the I savior was. of humanity 
That makes a lot of sense to me. Yep. There's going to be a, a love triangle. Beyond the atmosphere. Beyond the limits. <laughs> uh, what are your other subplots? Uh, we need like a... Well, you got uh, the cucking, love... Space cucking, yeah. The love triangle uh, with the all-sequin everything, and Claudia Christian. Okay. Uh, you got a former disgraced champion that comes to believe in you and hands over his precious medal that you earn. You definitely earn, unlike in the movie Arena. Uh, you started it to get a ticket home, but you come around to believing, like, maybe this is where I belong. Uh, you do get poisoned by somebody in the love triangle, and uh, as Zach put it, space cuck all day. All day. Hot. And that's a so, movie. I, I, I just look up the poster to find out the actual logline for the film. It is not a very good one. No. Uh, it contradicts itself. For a thousand years, no human has been the champion. He wants to be the first. Wait, wait, wait. No, that's not true. So the guy the first, in the fucking basement was not a thousand and twenty-one yeah, years he old. Was, he was like thirty years ago. I was the last human champion. Like, he's, yeah, it's, that's so fucking. The person stupid. who designed this poster did not listen. Did not give a shit. they were like, and forgot his first do. part of the sentence. I'm going to put four people on this poster. Two of them are not going to be fighters. And the other two are going to be the same character. <laughs> Can you really blame them for forgetting one of the 20 plot lines from Arena? Mm. Fair enough. I think they did the best they could with what they had. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. like the, On the, the poster, poster artist. Like, it's, the poster artist put skull, weasel, sloth, horn, and sloth on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> a wise, a wise And then choice. Steve taking a shit. Like that's his, <laughs> that's the whole poster. That that's what's that's enough to sell me. I would watch it if it was just skull Steve. weasel and two sloths. Yeah, and Steve passing a kidney stone. An unnecessary <laughs> oh, no, holding his head. That's what it is. That's, I was like, what is on Steve's head? Is this some Geiger shit? It's not sloth just crushing it. In that scene vomit. when sloth grabs his head and starts beating it, you know, it's my favorite line in the movie because sloth just yells, "I'm beating your head." <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean's choices. He's doing a Rocky framework uh, against a brutal champion and along the way is going to defeat a capitalist dystopia. Uh, He's got a fun little restaurant subplot that ties in there. A scrappy indie coach against the corporate super teams and a destroyed former fighter, Ray Jackson style, to avenge. Only the brutal champion is so brutal because he's on space PCP, which is just like normal PCP, but time space. And they Mm -hmm. also... Rob a mafia casino and there's a racist stand-up comic. That's just on a TV in the real movie. That's just in the background because the real movie is Skull and his erotic <laughs> Netrunner. Yeah, and the, uh, so we've I abandoned see. that entire movie to do yeah. Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which is Edge Runners, yeah. Which again, if you haven't seen it, is exactly what that show is about and it's great. So I, it turns out there's a movie poster for every one of these versions of the film we came up with because I found another poster and the tagline is on the edge of our galaxy. There is a battleground where no human has won in 50 years. <laughs> the <post-arena, laughs> arena, the challenge is on. It's so one poster directly contradicts the other poster. One poster was paying attention. It's like, fuck, come on. <laughs> I love how it was wrong twice. Like known for a thousand years. Here's the first. Just He's so, the first. Yeah. Wait, what? that's two. Yeah. No. Those are, that's two different. So that poster had two different stories on it. There's a third poster with a third story. There's a French one, but I, I don't know enough to understand what it says. No human has won this contest in five years. <laughs> it's been this, a while. This combats 
sanguilantes. Maybe it's Spanish. Entre humes edroids. Humans are <laughs> shit at fighting in space. Yeah. Humans are shit at my fighting. Favorite, in space. My favorite poster, which is a completely different movie entirely, which has a half man, half shark creature on the front who was not in the movie fighting a drawing of someone that's cooler, much cooler than Steve. Oh yeah. See, they had the same thing that we had as children where your mind just goes places with it. It's just like this, this is what the movie could have been. So therefore that's what it is. They forgot it the second they watched it and then they sat down to draw the poster and like, God, I remember there had to have been a shark guy, right? In my mind, there's a shark guy fighting an awesome guy. This poster is awesome. It's the German poster because the tagline is Todd Smash did a Giganten. Die hartest Kampfart. It's a. There's a. It's a shark with the body of a chubby man, uh, a lobster claw. Love it. Uh, an iguana foot and an elephant foot on the other okay. side. A, ta- a snake for a tail. Okay. And Steve Armstrong is wearing a, a 1970s rollerball outfit. Yes. Like a, a helmet with a spiked glove on. He's got hydraulic uh, leg enhancements with spikes sticking out of the side like tire slashers. God, that's so much better than the movie I, they made. I don't know made. much better. This, it kind of looks like the guy who drew the first Mega Man box art drew this. Yeah, you but. definitely got like three different movies confused. You were flipping between channels. All right, well, we've done it. We've sorted through all of the many plot lines of Arena. Uh, we've made three movies and two of them are still too much movie. Mm-hmm. And I none of we... them are as good as Bloodsport. I, I think we can all agree on one thing, that we want to die like Skull, uh, having our brains exploded while coming as hard as anyone ever has. Let me just pour my coffee across my keyboard right now. It's the best! It's the fucking best! Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! It's a podcast canal! Und mit maximalen Schau! Doc Frankfurt podcast? Correct! Let me tell you about the night the Supremes crashed. A little Halloween party called the Monster Mash. The zombies were out, having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. And Three Finger Louie. Aaron Croston. Adrian H. Alpha Scientist Javo. On Andy brought a succubus as his plus one. And everybody could tell. Andreas Larsen spiked the punch with holy water. Armando Nava, Benjamin Cyronic, Bim Tolzer locked Dracula out on the porch and it really hurt his feelings. Brandon Garlock, Brian Saylor, Brianne Whitney, Brockway loves the meat millie and nobody appreciates the PDA. Burrito Mouth took a swing at the devil. Cyril, Rev, Chance McDermott was tripping balls so hard he thought everyone was normal. Chris Brower, Curious Glare, Dan B. Dracula politely asked the artist formerly known as Devin to leave after he puked in the blob. Dean Costello, Donald Finney, 
Dr. Awkward brought Dr. Awkward's monster and was very pedantic when people called the monster awkward, but that was not what they meant. Eric Spaulding, Fancy Shark. Jellaho just kept making Frankensteins until they drank all the beer. Greg Cunningham just kept fighting drunk Frankensteins. Hamboat, Araka, Hot Fart. Jaber Al Aden. James Boyd brought a Van Helsing as a date and not one of the chill ones. Jeff Orosky, Jeremy Neal, John Dean. John Hector McFarlane transformed into a bat because it's way cheaper to get drunk as a bat. John McCammon, John Minkle, Josh Fabian, Josh S, Ken Paisley, K&M. M. Jahi Chappelle broke the chandelier trying to show off for the Wilkman and he was not impressed. Matt Riley, Max Baroy split into six parts and hid himself around the mansion, but nobody looked for him. Michael Lair, Michael Wells was a perfect gentleman, but Mickey Loman was the malignant monster on his back and a total embarrassment. Mike Stiles, Moju, ND, Neil Bailey, Neil Schaefer ate every single one of the mummy's hard-boiled eggs. Those were work snacks. Nick Ralston, Ozzy Olin. Patrick Herbst made the monster from the Black Lagoon cry in the coat closet. Rain Vargas, Rhiannon, Sarkovsky. Sean Chase brought a pure mood CD and wouldn't stop playing it because it was, his words, so funny. Spotty Reception, Supernaut summoned a demon and made it do a keg stand. Ted H, Timmy Leahy, Ghosty God, Tom Sakula, Tommy G. Waylon Russell spray-painted all the hellhounds pink because he thought it would be cute. Yossarian let all the hellhounds out and it was not cute. Aiden Muet butt-dialed the cops. The monster cops! They did the bash! They beat those monsters' ass! The monster bash! It was monster police brutality.